Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at trustmark.com. Member FDIC. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, April 20th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the Secretary of State is arming small businesses with valuable information about the Mississippi marketplace. What's the demographics? What's the income? What's the spendable income? All of those kind of demographics. Well, we started y'all business. And we can tell you where the water is, where the hospitals are, what the traffic count is, how many restaurants there are in your town. All of that now is on our website. Then the state fire marshal is hoping to save lives by issuing smoke alarms to vulnerable homes across the state. And author Jill Epstein discusses her collection of maternal lessons in this week's book club. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Secretary of State's office says the number of small to medium-sized business registrations is growing in Mississippi. And thanks to the newly relaunched Y'all Business website, small businesses across the state may have more of the information they need to be competitive. The tool offers Mississippi economic and demographic information free of charge, so business owners can be more strategic and possibly more effective. The detailed market information is also valuable for people thinking of starting a business in Mississippi. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman says he conducted a survey of thousands of businesses to collect information for the project, as he tells MPB's Mark Rigsby. Five years ago, we rewrote the Limited Liability Company Act. That's these LLCs that everybody sees. And we actually had like 100,000 LLCs. We, we knocked it down to 40,000, but people weren't using them and whatnot. The new law is really well done. I think it's one of the best in the country. So once that was passed, we started the process of seeing how these would be formed. And, yes, we now have 100,000 limited liability companies in Mississippi. We have grown 60,000 in the last four years. This last quarter, we grew over 6,000 new limited liability companies in Mississippi in one quarter, one three-month period. And that is compared to like 5,600 the quarter before that, the year before that, and the next quarter was like 5,000. So you're seeing an exponential growth in these, and these are small, medium-sized businesses in Mississippi. So we polled them. You know, we asked, you know, what's a barrier to starting your business? What's the most things you need in Mississippi? Clearly, uh, the number one and number two choice for all of them was an educated workforce. Then the second thing was financial, being able to get to financial, the third information and getting financing to do your company. And then they had, um, then the third one was community support, whether your community really wants you to come. And then most of the rest of them had to do with information. What's the demographics? What's the income? What's the spendable income? All of those kind of demographics. Well, we started y'all business. 
and we can tell you where the water is, where the hospitals are, what the traffic count is, how many restaurants there are in your town. All of that now is on our website, and we now are announcing today a mobile app. So you can pick it off your iPhone or your Samsung or wherever you got. You can go right online and get millions of pieces of information about every county in 21 metropolitan areas. So we did that to empower small business with the ability to compete. That's what this is about. For our listeners that are not familiar with the Y'all Business website, tell us what that is and how useful is it to people that are out there that are considering starting a business in Mississippi. Right. Y'all Business, we create. No other state has this. This is an idea I had from the back way back when when I said businesses would do well if they've got the right information. So we, did, we went and took the census data and we, took, uh, we went and bought consumer data. So I can tell you how many people drink bottled water or how many people have an iPad in each county and each metropolitan area. We put all that together and called it Y'all Business, and we put it out just a year ago, a little over a year ago. We've had over 100,000 hits on it. People look at that because if they want to start a heating and cooling business, they can see what it is. They want to see what a traffic count is, what the median income in that community is. It's all on there. The schools, how they function, water treatment, it's all on there. So it has got literally tens of thousands of pieces of information. This is the same information that Walmart would have or Target or the Dollar General. They would all look at this before they would plan or start a business where they are. So it's the same information now. It's free to all Mississippians, and it's now free on your phone. You were saying in your remarks earlier that this isn't the kind of information that's going to draw a Walmart or a Target, one of those big box stores. This is really for small business and medium-sized business. Tell us about that. Yeah, what Walmart can spend 100000 on doing this survey or 500 whatever much money they spend on it. They've got all these economic surveys and whatnot. Well, we give the same thing away for free. And, and what we're seeing on there, uh, we polled over 700 of these uh, various limited liability companies. What we're seeing was a real paucity of information. They want to know, you know, do I have an educated workforce? That was a big thing. Uh, how do I go about this? What are the locations and whatnot? So this site is aimed at, well, when you look at it, over 50% of the people in Mississippi work for a company less than 200 employees. So we want to bolster that. That's how we raise tax revenue. You know, and increase the taxes, you have more people working. And the way you do that is small and medium businesses in Mississippi. Obviously, it's great to have a Nissan and a Toyota and Ingalls. Uh, all of those are wonderful. But we will really grow out uh, uh, with significant economic impact from small and medium businesses starting in Mississippi. And this gives them the tool to do that. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman, thanks for being on Mississippi Edition. It's good to be with you all, and I appreciate so much you getting the word out. Coming up, fire marshals across the state are working to reduce fire deaths. Find out how. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Next time on Creature Comforts, we'll talk about crawfish. Or is it crayfish? You might even call them mud bugs. But no matter what you call them, we'll talk with Dr. Bob Jones from the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science about these freshwater lobsters and how they impact the world around you. So make sure you join the conversation and tune in for Creature Comforts. This morning at 9 on MPB Think Radio. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The state fire marshal is drawing attention to the importance of having working smoke alarms installed in homes. There have been 16 fire-related deaths in Mississippi so far this year. In 10 cases, there was no working smoke alarm in the home. Now, State Fire Fire Marshal and Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney is distributing free smoke alarms to help save lives. He tells MPB's Alexis Ware about the Vision 2020 program. The state fire marshal's office, which is a division of the Department of Insurance, applied for a national grant and received a grant in cooperation with Vision 2020. Vision 2020 is a national project that is dedicated to providing national strategies for fire prevention and fire death preventions across the United States. Mississippi received this grant and purchased approximately 1,000 smoke alarms to be given away across the state of Mississippi and distributed through volunteer and city fire departments. The alarms are installed in high-risk homes by the fire departments free of charge. In 2017, Mississippi so far has had 16 fire deaths, and of those 16, 10 did not have a working smoke alarm. We have reduced fire deaths over 36% in the last eight years through the use of smoke alarms in the state of Mississippi. These alarms have been purchased with federal grants, and grants received from insurance companies, which have an interest in reducing fire deaths in the state also. So it's a proven program that works. And our job is to distribute these smoke alarms in areas that are high risk to reduce fire deaths and protect property. What makes a home higher risk? Most homes that are higher risk are usually manufactured homes, of older manufactured homes manufactured before 2005. And that's because they have different type materials from what we have today. And homes that are older and have a lot of elderly folks that may live in the home, um, they tend to have older stoves that are open flames. And they tend to use stoves to heat their homes in the winter. And then in the summer, they tend to cook with the open flames and forget where they are. So the smoke, and it happens usually at night and smoking with older people. And a smoke alarm basically wakes you up. The problem with smoke is this simple. Most people in a, in a fire death do not die from the fire itself. They die from the inhalation of smoke. When you inhale two or three breaths of smoke, which is a silent killer, you can't breathe. It's heavier than oxygen or air. and stays in your lungs and you suffocate. So smoke alarms help prevent those fire deaths or smoke deaths. So before you said there have been 16 fire-related deaths this year. So does that make that a big issue in the state of Mississippi? Like, How does that number compare to the annual number of fatalities? Well, we've reduced the annual number over the, eight years, the last eight years by 36%. And last year we had almost 60 fire deaths in the state. So this is tracking pretty close to what we had last year. It's, it's actually two down from where we were last year. And we do keep stats, which we used to not do, stats being statistics on the number of fire deaths and what causes them. And in uh, 90% of the fire deaths and smoke deaths we have in the state, we find that they do not have a smoke working smoke alarm. They may have one in the house, but the battery has been taken out. The newer smoke alarms that we're distributing today have batteries that last for 10 years. They cannot be removed from the smoke alarm. 
They're built into the system so they can't be taken out, and it's a different, uh, better alarm than what we've had in the past. Of the 1,000 smoke alarms that you received through the grant, where in the state are these alarms going? Well, we've delivered 204 of the alarms to Octavia Hall County in the city of Starkville on uh, Tuesday, uh, April the 18th, and we also delivered in Brandon, Mississippi, 102 alarms uh, to the Brandon Fire Department, and uh, they will be installed by the Brandon Fire Department. And we also have a project uh, to uh, with a community risk group up in Alcorn County to try to reduce fire deaths in Alcorn County, which we tend to have a lot of fire deaths in the northern part of the state. So th- they will be some distributed there, and uh, the first week in May we plan to distribute uh, somewhere close to 200 in Warren County through the volunteer fire departments in Warren County. That's Vicksburg, Warren County, and through the city fire department. So why are the numbers particularly higher in the northern part of the state? Well, because of, of two or three things. One, we have more cases of people that live in manufactured homes and in very rural areas of the state where they tend not to have smoke alarms. That's number one. And number two, uh, we just haven't had the assistance uh, that we needed in those counties. We're now getting it. You have to have a fire coordinator in every county in the state, and we have them in every county except one. Uh, Mr. Brad Smith with the state fire marshal's office is a state fire coordinator, and uh, he's been able to work these programs in uh, up in Alcorn County. And that's Corinth, in case uh, your listeners want to know. And they've been able to um, help reduce um, some of the fire deaths there, and they have a concentrated community risk reduction plan in that county. How can people in Mississippi apply to receive a free alarm? If someone wants a free smoke alarm and they can't afford to buy one at one of the big box stores or they can't install one, they can call their local fire department. They will be happy to try to come out. It may take them a week or two weeks to get uh, an alarm set up and, and get you on a schedule, but they would be happy to come out and install an alarm for you. Mike Taney is the Commissioner of Insurance and State Fire Marshal. Thank you for speaking with me today. Always a pleasure. We love MPB. Terry Wages is the fire chief for the city of Brandon. He tells our Alexis Ware how the program can work on a local level. We've done this for several years, and it's, it's just a simple program to where we get the alarms to coming into the city from a grant through the Mississippi Insurance Department. After we do that, we set up an application process to where the residents will call in, make an application for the alarms, and then in a two-step process, we'll go out and determine what's needed. Then at that point, go out and install the fire alarms. How did the city of Brandon get involved? Well, most of you fire departments in the state, at some capacity, are involved in the smoke alarm programs. Uh, we, Like I said, we've been doing this for years. Uh, I know I've been involved personally in the smoke alarm project for uh, at least 10 or 15 years going back where we've gotten grants and gotten them through the state and was able to distribute them throughout our communities. And and the need is there because statistically the functioning fire alarms, when we have them in the homes, will help reduce fire loss by almost half. So it's very, very important that we get functioning fire alarms within the homes of our residents. How common are home fires? The home fires in Brandon I can speak to. Uh, have been greatly reduced with the enhancement of more more and stricter codes, building codes. So as we make sure that we are building homes better and safer and using the proper 
uh, components on doing the electrical and making sure the heating and air systems are up to where they need to be. Of course, the possibility of fires are reduced because of that. So in Brandon, we've been able, through our fire prevention programs, have been able to make sure that our home fires are greatly reduced. However, in some areas, you still have older homes that fall under codes that are, are many, many decades old that have issues that, and as part of this program, when we go in and do these safety inspections, we can see those and hopefully identify them before fire may start. What are some things that people should know about general fire safety? The leading causes of fires that, uh, that I've, I've been witness to is two things. It's leaving something on your stove unattended, and it, and it gets hot and catches on fire. The other one is running your dryer when you're not attending the dryer. Uh, the lint and everything that builds up in that dryer, after over time, if you don't clean it, will cause a fire. So those two appliances cause a lot of fires within our state. Other things such as leaving space heaters, using space heaters to heat your homes and leaving them close to flammable materials cause a lot of fires. Misplacement of candles or forgetting to put candles out when you leave the home is another cause of fires within the home. So those things you need to pay close attention to as far as home safety. Terry Wages is the fire chief for the city of Brandon. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate you. And Vision 2020 is a nationwide program to encourage fire prevention. Coming up, author Jill Epstein discusses a book that will put mom on your mind just in time for Mother's Day gift shopping. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This week on Ampton Wired, Seth Power. I never had, like, the dream of being, like, you know, the next this, that, or the other. Uh, it wasn't until a few years ago that I started writing songs that I thought other people would listen and identify with this. Ampton Wired. Watch it loud. Friday at 10 on MPB Television. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Author Jill Epstein is adding a new collection to her At My Pace book series. The latest installment is called Lessons from Our Mothers. It brings together 38 essays written by sons and daughters about one important lesson they've each learned from their moms. The result is a celebration of the lasting impact that a mother's life lessons can have on her children. Sometimes humorous, sometimes solemn, Epstein's book is dedicated to her mother, mother-in-law, and all the mothers who she says help us to discover our world. She joins us in this week's book club with a story about her own mother. My mom was 91, and she was clearly on her way out of this world. So I wanted to write a piece, what I call a love letter to her, on one lesson that she gave to me that's impacted me my whole life. And so I wrote that. It was about lifelong learning. And she loved it. And after that, I said, the writers, we need to get other people to write their pieces. And this will be the way we spend her last year together, going through people's stories about their mothers. How did you get those essays? 
so I put the word out. Well, I had a previous book, um, At My Pace is a series, and it's always on a single topic that helps us build meaning on something we care about. And so I already had a bit of a network of contributors from the first book, and so I sent a blast out to them, and then I just reached out to all corners of my universe, and my friends and colleagues reached out to all corners of their universe. I was going for a much broader, more diverse mix on this go-around than I did on my first go-around, and I was able to achieve that, which I feel really good about. They're not all positive. Some of them are a tough time. The cover of the book shows a mother bird and a fledgling, and the fledgling is giving the mother bird a flower. But for many people, it's not a flower. It's an olive branch. It's a finding your peace with your mother. And what was striking to me is how many people had to work hard to find their peace. I had guidelines before people wrote approximately 1,000 words, really try to keep it to one lesson, and you may not diss your mom. If you can't put her in perspective, whatever those complexities are, if you can't put it in perspective, then it's not a good piece for this book. And so the ones who had the olive branch, who had to work hard, worked very hard to understand their mom, and they were very appreciative afterwards. And when the moms were living, which in many cases they were, They shared that with their mom in what was a very healing moment. There was one that stood out to me, a woman writing about how her mom was critical of everything that she did, and that she had an opinion about everything, and it usually wasn't a positive opinion. And yet she says in this essay, I know that she loved me as much as I loved her. You'd never think there was love between these two. Well, that mother had a lot of candor, sort of unbridled candor, And to know the contributor, she has that same unbridled candor. And in in a softer way, has repeated some of that with her own children. But the beautiful piece in that book, and and that that piece, what I love is that she actually is a survivor of breast cancer over the last year or two. She went through a long process. And uh, she kept on thinking back to her mom. And she knew that her mom, who has since passed, would have been so supportive and loving of her throughout the whole thing. And that's why at the end when she says, you know, my hair is short, my hair is short because she lost all her hair, she said, I know my mom would say, you look just beautiful. So it's funny that that cuts both ways. She was candid, but she knew at her core her mother was in, you know, had her back and loved her deeply. Some of these mothers sound like superwomen, and I suppose from a child's point of view, they were that they did so much that they overcame adversity. There were some that were in bad relationships with their husbands or with their own parents. I mean, they overcame a lot, and that obviously stuck with the children who were writing about their mothers. That's true. They get a lot of strength from that because they realize, they sort of feel like they had that same core to them, and they can just use that and repeat that. You know, the book is divided into three segments, the 20 to 40, 40 to 60, and over 60. The first segment, the younger group, they're all trying to make their way, and they really look to their moms in some way for guidance. There's a story there called Look It Up about a a young 20-something who moved to Israel, didn't really know where she she was going to land, what she was going to do, but her mother had that same spirit. Whenever her mother didn't know something, she would go look it up. She'd go figure things out on her own. This woman, Mia Shon, takes the exact same model in her mind, and as in Israel, she's thriving. She's doing great artwork and really loving it, but she had her mother in her mind as the example. What's interesting to me about this book is that I have male contributors. My first book was all women, and in this book there were, I think it's eight men in the book, and uh, they had something. One of them is a 70-something-year-old who thinks back about his mother and really needs to get something on the record because he can't quite let it go. He wants it to be uh, on the record for him and for his children and grandchildren. One that struck me, made me laugh, was a son who would send his mother 
cards and letters and sometimes audio tapes and the mailman when he knew that the son was sending something he would sort of taunt her from across the street waving it at her and and how she'd get all excited about it exactly that was that was a great it was a very funny piece so she was very resilient she lost her husband and the postman clearly had a thing for her so yeah that was there was a lot of humor in these pieces there is indeed. And the book is called At My Pace, Lessons from Our Mothers, collected and edited by Jill Epstein. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you so much. Enjoy speaking with you. Take care. Mother's Day is May 14th. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Creature Comforts. Then at 10, MPB Season Pass. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition. It's only on MPB Think Radio.